your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. The day is finally here. Feel like I've been counting it down for months. Well, you know, that's because I've been counting it down for months. It is draft day, April 29th, 2021. Later on this evening, depending on what time you're listening to this, the Raiders will be on the clock. Of course, right now they have the number 17 overall pick, but hey, that could change even before the draft gets started tonight. So it is going down officially tonight, the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. So excited that it's finally here. Been anticipating it for a while. Been talking about it for a while. Now we can talk about not only who we want the Raiders to get, but who the Raiders actually do select. And of course, uh, today will only be round one. On Friday, it'll be uh, round two and round three. And then on Saturday, it'll be the rest of the draft, rounds four through seven. Of course, we'll have a full recap on Monday. And who knows? I might get a little froggy and even jump into the lab on Saturday. Who knows? Just have to catch me on a good day. We'll see exactly how it all shakes out. But uh, today's episode of the live. Locked On Raiders podcast is being brought to you by rockauto.com. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot. That's rockauto.com. Make sure you let them know that the Locked On Raiders podcast sent you. Coming up on today's show, I got a lot for you, man. It is a draft day special. Segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. I'm going to get as many of them in as possible in segment number three, and then I'm about to clear it all out because, of course, once the draft actually hits, you know it's going to be a whole lot more calls, a whole lot more text, and it's not going to be about anticipation. It's going to be about what actually happened out. So I'm going to get as many on the show as possible today, and then boom, clear that thing out and let it reload because that's what it's going to be all about. So don't get offended if your call or text doesn't make it onto the show. It's just, it's action-packed and we got so much to get to. So we're going to try to do as many as possible. I might even have a little bit longer show than I'm supposed to, but I mean, again, it's a draft day special. It only happens once a year, so let's go ahead and rock and roll with this. So that's segment number three. Segment number two, I have a conversation that I had on Tuesday night with Tariq Thompson. He's a safety out of San Diego State. He is in the draft. He is a guy that's anticipating to hear his name, really wants to hear his name called, but doesn't know if it's going to happen on day three, or maybe he'll be an undrafted free agent, but he's a guy that is good at creating turnovers. He's a guy that is, uh, has been in uh, college for four years. He's a senior, so he's got plenty of starts under his belt, plenty of experience, and I think you'll enjoy the conversation that I had with him. So you hear that in segment number two. There's a strong possibility that the young man out of San Diego could end up in Las Vegas with the Raiders. And again, you'll hear that conversation coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, you know how I roll. News and notes of the day, little nuggets, whatever I can get in here just has to do with the Raiders and the NFL. And of course, all things point to the NFL draft going on later this evening. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, one of the biggest things that I noticed on Tuesday was, uh, or Wednesday, excuse me, Benjamin Albright, NFL insider. He's up there in Denver, covers the Broncos like a glove, but he covers the whole NFL. He made a point on Twitter that the Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens and the Raiders are involved in the Julio Jones sweepstakes. That's a conversation that myself 
and Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review Journal, as well as Raider Nation Radio 920, we had on Tuesday, he was talking about and he was kind of dropping some breadcrumbs that the Raiders were interested in Julio Jones and could be one of the teams that are calling the Falcons. And so I said, and I had that interview on the show, and I was like, hey, clearly there's some interest there going on. And uh, again, I'm not very interested in him at 32 years old and the the amount of his contract, and especially if it's going to be for a high draft capital. You know, the, the Falcons are saying that they want a one. I don't think that that's real. But man, I'm telling you, even a two, I'd be a little skeptical about coming off of when he is 32 years old and he played in nine games last year. And I know Vinny pointed out all his stats and pointed out all the games that he's played in, but I don't think guys get healthier the older that they get. So he might be one of those guys that starts to decline. And when he declines, he declines hard. So I'm just, I don't know, man. $38 million is what he basically is going to be paid the next three seasons. And uh, we'll see what happens. But apparently the Ravens and Raiders are involved in the Julio Jones sweepstakes. And I guess the one good thing about it, the one positive that you can really take from it, I mean, yeah, he's a heck of a player. Don't get me wrong. So I guess the other positive that you could take away from it is the fact that it would be for draft capital in 2022, not 2021. Another piece of news around the Raiders, according to SI, three teams are eyeing Caleb Farley. He's a defensive back out of Virginia Tech. He's the guy that has major injury red flags. He had to have a back surgery, even though he didn't play in 2020, had to have a back surgery. Uh, he just came down with COVID. It was announced on Wednesday that he won't be in Cleveland for the draft because he has COVID-19. That's not, hey, that's not his fault, but still, I mean, it just seems like uh, if it wasn't for bad luck, the dude would have no luck. You know, he had a torn ACL in 2017, uh, again, sat out the whole 2020 season, still had to have a back injury apparently there's three teams that are interested in him the Cardinals the Raiders and the Browns and I don't know how legit that is because it is Lions season right now heading up to the draft usually the week before the draft it is all lies. I mean, everything that you hear is usually all lies trying to get some uh, attention from other teams, trying to get other teams to kind of show their cards or play their play their hand out in public or whatever. Uh, I heard that the Saints are interested in moving up for him, so maybe the Raiders reached out to, I don't know, Hondo Carpenter or someone else from SI and said, hey, you know, we'd be interested in, in making a move for Caleb Farley as well, so maybe they're trying to lure the Saints up a little bit. I'm not sure, but the three teams that were named by SI is the Cardinals, the Raiders, and Browns all have interest in Caleb Farley, and I'll tell you right now, Raider Nation, I would be upset if the Raiders went and got Caleb Farley anywhere in the first round. I don't care if they traded back and got him in the first round. I would not want to see him in the silver and black being drafted by them in the first round. Now, if you go get Patrick Sertain, hey, no problem. That's great. I like it. Even J.C. Horn, you go get him, great. That's cool. But if you go and get Caleb Farley with all the injuries and all the red flags that he has due to, to the medicals, that's a strong no for me. So uh, hopefully that that's not the case. Hopefully that's just being thrown out there to maybe lure a team up to, to trade with the Raiders. Maybe they're trying to bait the Saints into trading with them at 17 to go get him. I just... I don't see the Raiders making that move. I, I think that they, they can't afford to take a chance like that. Can this dude end up being a heck of a player? Absolutely. But what if he's not? If he's not, then all of a sudden the Raiders have egg on their face again, and I don't think that they can afford to do that. On Wednesday on my radio show on uh, Fox Sports Central Texas, we had Matthew Collar from Purple Insider Podcast. He covers the Vikings like a glove. We're just kind of going through all the teams, seeing what they need for the draft, having these different beat writers make the pick for the draft in our, in our little mock draft that we're doing on the show. And uh, I got to a point where I asked him, hey, what made the Vikings want to move on from Unique Ngakwe? Because remember, they traded with the Jaguars. They gave up a second-round pick for him. They had him there. He was getting sacks, so he was playing well. It's not like he wasn't playing well. What made Minnesota decide they needed to move on from him and trade him to Baltimore? Yeah, that was an interesting situation because you know, Daniel Hunter was hurt in training camp last year, and they were kind of desperate 
to bring in another pass rusher to fill his shoes. And the, the where they really miscalculated is that they thought they were going to be good. They thought that they could overhaul the defense quickly and Mike Zimmer would, you know, drop the X's and O's and it would be fine. But when Daniel Hunter went down, that pretty much killed all of their pass rush. So I think that they desperately went out and traded for the best available pass rusher and they overpaid for it with a second round pick. Um, the fact that the Jaguars had no interest in signing him to an extension maybe should have told them something. And then as soon as he got here, maybe two weeks in, it was very clear that he's just not going to be a good fit. Uh, he would get sacks, but he's more of an outside linebacker. He really had nothing to do with stopping the run at all. And that is not how Mike Zimmer wants his defensive ends to play. So I think they realized a couple of weeks in, this guy's just not a fit, and they traded him for a third-round pick. And I actually think that was the right move, as opposed to doubling down and keeping him and then signing a guy that doesn't fit to an extension. It was better to just move on and recoup what you could. So there is Matthew Collar right there talking about Unique Ngakwe and what made the Minnesota Vikings decide to move on from him. Just wasn't a good fit. You know, it was really good at getting sacks, but that's not what Mike Zimmer wants. So instead of trying to force it, trying to make him fit into what Zimmer wants, they decided that they would just go ahead and trade him, try to get as much capital in return, and then just call it a day. And so that's what they did. I actually can't be mad at it organization that does that if they realize that hey that's just not a good fit we just got to move on uh you know and, and that's what they did so uh shout out to the vikings for doing that i think he's going to be a lot better fit in uh in las vegas with the raiders i think gus bradley's going to really unleash him and show how he could be used the best and of course run stopping is not his number one quality his number one quality is getting after the quarterback and uh, that's what the raiders need him to do get after the quarterback early and get after the quarterback often uh, also, my final little nugget I have for uh, segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast, Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. He put out his final mock draft. 4.0 is the number. Uh, he put that out on Wednesday, and obviously there will be no more because the draft is tonight. So I wanted to bring a couple of the players, a couple of the positions, a couple of the teams that stood out to me. Of course, the Raiders off top is what I care about the most. Number 17, they had, he had the Raiders sticking at number 17 and taking offensive tackle Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. He didn't have a whole lot to say about it. He just said Las Vegas continues to remake its offensive line. Vera Tucker is one of the best and safest players in the draft. So he had Vera Tucker dropping all the way to 17 and the Raiders taking him. I could see that happening, but it was kind of interesting that uh, he had Vera Tucker dropping all the way to 17. Now, as far as other offensive linemen goes, he had Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State going number 24 to the Steelers. He said there's a lot of buzz around Najee Harris going to the Steelers, but Pittsburgh opts to fill a hole on the front five before finding a running back to help an offense that ranked last in rushing in 2020. And then the guy that I picked on the ultimate mock draft on the Locked On Network, Christian Derisaw. He actually had him going 25th to the Jags. I couldn't believe that Derisaw, he still had him on the board at 25. And he said, we always have some surprise matches in the first round. This could be one of them. With Cam Robinson receiving the franchise tag, Derisaw can be the left tackle of the future or perhaps even the present. This pick could free up Jacksonville to trade Robinson. So that was interesting. I don't think, I don't expect Christian Derisaw to be on the board at 25 at all. Just like I don't expect Elijah Vera Tucker to be on the board at all at 17. But we'll see. Again, the draft is a crapshoot. You never know how it's going to shake out and how it's going to fall. But that's how Daniel Jeremiah had the offensive tackles going. Elijah Vera Tucker, 17 to the Raiders. Tevin Jenkins, 24 to the Steelers. Christian Derisaw, 25th to the Jets. A couple other notable players, linebacker Micah Parsons out of Penn State, 15th to the Giants after a trade back with the Patriots. Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa, went 16th to the Cardinals. Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, linebacker out of Notre Dame, went 19th to Washington. And then safety Trayvon Merrick from TCU, he actually had him as a second-round guy, which uh, that's another one that surprised me. I don't see Merrick making it to the second round, but again, it's a draft, and you never know how it's going to shake out. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. 
podcast. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear my conversation that I had with Tariq Thompson, safety out of San Diego State, not knowing when he's going to hear his name called this weekend. Will it be Thursday? Will it be Friday? Will it be Saturday? Will he go undrafted? Who knows? But you'll hear that conversation coming up next here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Wealthfront. You know, investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every single day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it is automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. Right now, get your first $5,000 managed for free for life. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NFL to start growing your savings. Again, wealthfront.com slash locked on NFL and get started today. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joining me now on the phone line is San Diego State safety Tariq Thompson. He's preparing and has prepared for the NFL draft. It gets kicked off on Thursday with round one. And Tariq, thank you so much for your time. How has this whole draft process been for you? What has this process been like? Uh, it's been interesting. Um, you know, it's different because of COVID and all that, but uh, I feel like it's been treating me well. Um, it's got a good, good amount of feedback. Uh, not too much, but I'm just real honest feedback from some scouts and just excited for that day and See what happens when, where I go. Yeah, and what kind of feedback have you been receiving? And and have you been talking to a bunch of teams? And I'm sure throughout this process you have. I talked to a decent amount of teams. Um, and the consensus is uh, I got a good football IQ and I love the game. And, um, uh, yeah, I just got to continue to just learn and, you know, just keep working on my strengths and uh, the weaknesses, whether that is like my coverage and stuff like that or just tackling. So I'm just excited to get out there and compete again. You know, it's funny that you mentioned tackling because actually that's one of the things that I see from you that I think is one of your better skills, uh, skill sets. And that's not a slight at all. It's just you come up and you tackle and it looks like you arrive with bad intentions. Uh, I feel like that that's one of your bigger strengths. Is that is that not the feedback you're getting? Uh, it is. It's some of the feedback I've been getting. It just um, – you know, I never feel like you can be good enough in any aspect of the game. And right. I feel like I always can improve. So that's something that I try to have a mindset of. And, you know, I try to improve on every skill that I have. And some of the skills that I don't have well, I'm trying to get those better so I can be as well run in the players I think that I am. No, that makes that makes a ton of sense right there. And, you know, I know that you mentioned at the very beginning that this has been different because it's a COVID year and, you know, the combine wasn't existing. You know, it didn't, that didn't happen this year. The pro days have been different. How was your pro day? How, how was that compared to maybe other pro days that you, you've watched in the past? Oh, uh, it was very different. You know, it wasn't <laughs> as personal as it used to be. Like, um, you know, we weren't really that close to the scouts and – you know, I really couldn't talk to them and see, get a feel for what they're thinking of you or, you know, wonder, like, who's interested and who's not. You know, it just went by very fast and it's kind of distance, like, you know, just for safety protocol and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I didn't get too much of a 
I feel like what's going on. So we'll see you when that day comes. Yeah, and, and like I said, the, the first round starts on Thursday. Of course, rounds two and three will be on Friday, and then the rest of the draft gets wrapped up on Saturday. But what would it mean to you? What would it mean to your family who has supported and pushed you, help you be the man and player you are to this day, to hear your name called uh, throughout this uh, this course, this three-day course? I mean everything, honestly. Just you know, just being able to hear my name called and just know that I, I've made it to step one of this journey. Um, I still have a long way to go, but, you know, it means the world to them. Uh, they supported me, you know, they took care of me when I needed help and just been a support system that pushed me and uh, believed in me. So that means the world to me and them. So I'm just excited for the opportunity. If it happens, it doesn't, you know, wherever I go, I'm, I'm thankful just to be in this position anyways. Talking right now with Tariq Thompson, safety from San Diego State, preparing for the NFL draft. Gets kicked off on Thursday, and you played through your senior year, and, and sometimes, I mean, a lot of players will go after their junior year, after they've been three years removed from uh, from high school, but you played through your senior year. That means you have a lot of starts under your belt, and, and you have that. Do you feel like that may give you an advantage as far as even getting on the field a little bit earlier because you're comfortable in what you're doing? Uh, I mean, it can go either way. Um, like I said, I'm one year older, so, you know, um, I can learn faster, which I feel like that's the case because, you know, I've been playing this game for a long time now. And I feel like every year I, I get smarter and get better at the at the game and everything I do. Um, so I feel like it would give me an advantage in that aspect. But um, for the three-year guys, you know, um, a lot of guys opted out, so they might be a little bit fresher. And, you know, they have to fine-tune their skills without, like, hitting or stuff like that, which, I mean, tackling and stuff like that is very important. So they messed up on that aspect, but they got to work on the footwork and, you know, speed and cover, stuff like that. So. It depends on what a team wants and what a team likes. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'll be prepared. Sorry for making that complex. <laughs> no, it's all good. I mean, it really is. Uh, and, Tariq, there's a lot of Aztecs that are either in the league currently or been in the league. Uh, Demonte Kazee, he's a guy who used to be in Atlanta. Now he's in Dallas. Uh, have you had a chance to talk to any of these, you know, former Aztecs that are either, like I said, in the league or, or, or have been in the league, kind of to get an idea of what you should be expecting? Right. Um, I talked to DeMonte uh, a year ago when I was deciding if I was going to come back or not. Um, he gave me great advice. told me um, that the game's a business and, you know, you got to perform and no one's going to wait for you. And you got to go take your opportunity and you got to compete. And um, I talked to Rashad Penny every every so often. And he was like a mentor to me when I first got to San Diego State. And I mean, I kind of looked up to him as like a big brother because he put in the work. Um me and him are both like relatively quiet guys, so you know we're not really talking that much. But we like to compete and we like to show our worth, and that's what I'm hoping to do in this next level. And you're a West Coast guy. I mean, you're from San Diego, so I mean, and look, I know that you want to go to any team in the league. I get it. it doesn't matter who goes there or who takes you. But I mean, do you have a preference? Did you grow up a Charger fan, a Ram fan, a Raider fan? Did you grow up any of those fans? Uh, I grew up a Charger fan when they were in San Diego. Okay. But, um, when it, uh. When I moved when I got to high school, but um, yeah, I, I was a Chargers fan for a while. Uh, was wasn't a big fan of when they got rid of uh, Drew Brees and LT, so kind of stopped becoming a fan. And you know, I just watched the game because I love it. Um, so I kind of just uh, didn't really have a favorite team, but I have a lot of favorite players. A lot of players I like watching and learning from whether that's offense or defense, because I just love the game in general. Right, and I mean, you being a safety, I'm sure there's some players that you look up to and say, you know what, I I can see a little bit of myself in their game, or I can see some of their game in me. Is there a couple guys you may have looked up to and, and kind of wanted to model your game after? Shoot, um, going back to Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, uh, those <laughs> are legends, um, Hall of Famers. Uh, Charles Woodson, I know yeah. he didn't play, you know, he didn't play too much of safety in the NFL, but... Um, 
he just I like I like guys that impact the game. Um I try to call myself a student of the game. Um players like Kevin Byard now, Jamal Adams, Tyron Matthew, uh Antoine Winfield had a great rookie year and he's a great football player. Yeah. Um Derwin James, uh Jalen Ramsey, uh Stephon Gilmore. I like watching all types of position in the defensive backfield. Um uh, Fred Warner, he's a middle backer, but I feel like he could play anywhere in the in the, uh, the second level, whether yeah. that's outside, inside, or whatever. Uh, he's from San Diego as well. Um, but yeah, I just love watching you know those guys compete, and they always add a new tool to their game every year they come back. So that's something that I like about them, and something that I'm trying to take with me. Yeah, and all those guys are playmakers. Every one of the guys you you mentioned are all playmakers, and that's something that that's one of the tools that you have on your tool belt, man. You break up a lot of passes. You know, you get a bunch of interceptions. What gives you such a knack for finding the ball? Because everybody can't do that, and a lot of times they say that guys are, are defensive backs or safeties because they can't catch. But you have a way of of trapping the ball, catching the ball, and you do it with your hands, not really letting it get to your body. I kind of consider myself an offensive player that plays defensive back because okay. uh, I'm familiar with the schemes of offensive um, offensive teams. Um, I feel like our diagnosed route concepts and uh, plays very quick. So I know how to put myself in a position and try to run the route like a receiver. And I always feel like when the ball's in the air, it's mine. So I don't like when a receiver catches the ball on me because I feel like they got an interception on me. So it's, it's my ball and I got to go get it. So that's just kind of a mindset I have and something that uh, I feel like I've developed since I was young because I played receiver when I was in high school and youth sports and stuff like that. So I'm familiar with catching the ball and I feel like I have really good hands. So it's one of my skills. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, you again, everyone doesn't have a knack for uh, finding the ball. And I, I always say if you can create plays in high school, you could turn that into creating plays in college. If you can create plays in college, you could turn that into making plays in the NFL. But if you don't have it, you just don't have it, and, and you clearly do. Is there a scheme that you like to run that's that's your favorite? Is there you know a certain coverage that you like to be a part of, or are you just pretty much versatile? I like playing everything, honestly. Uh, I like playing man zone, whatever, blitzing. I feel like I can do whatever. Um, I love covering just because, you know, it's more of like a one-on-one -on -one battle. But, you know, I'm a team guy, so whether it's zone or whatever, uh, I like just making making my job, making my teammates' job easier by doing the best I can in my job and not doing something that's not my responsibility. Because at the end of the day, there are 22 guys offensive defense. There's another 11 guys, 33 on special teams, that got to do their job for me to be right in my job. So I just know that my part, is just do my position and do what I have to do to help my teammates out. Talking right now with Tariq Thompson, safety from San Diego State, expecting to hear his name sometime this uh, this draft weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's going on in Cleveland, Ohio. And, uh, you know, we're here on the Locked On Raiders podcast, and and, and safety is, a, is an area of need. Uh, a ball hawk and safety would be preferred, in my opinion, something the Raiders haven't had in quite a while. I mean, even going back to Charles Woodson, you know, there's a couple guys that played after him that, that were able to create turnovers, but really not too much. So um, have you had any conversations with the Raiders, and what kind of vibe have you gotten from them you have I haven't talked too much talk a little bit but i got a good vibe and i feel like um it'll be a great fit for me i feel like i fit with any system but you know like you said i feel like uh there are need for some defensive backs and i feel like i would definitely uh be a great fit with that team and that young core how uh how would you like to live in vegas i mean you know it's not that far from san diego i've been in vegas uh plenty of times and i love it out there uh got some friends that are from there i go to san diego state and just people that i met from out there um it's a great environment. Got family out there, and uh, I bet they would be pretty happy to uh, be out there because it's so close to home, only an hour flight. So they wouldn't mind that at all. 
Do you uh, have you ever talked to or, or, or communicated with uh, Kirk Morrison, who was a former Aztec and then obviously a former Raider as well? I have not got a chance to talk to him. Um, he's definitely an Aztec legend. Yeah, um, definitely looked up to him when I was younger, just because how dominant he was in the red and black and. So he took that to the NFL, and that's something that I hope to do one day. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a, a Raider fan favorite. Uh, he's a guy, he was a heck of a player for the team and uh, had a nice little career uh, in the NFL. And, of course, like you said, a, a, an Aztec uh, through and through. And so, uh, all right, as far as, uh, you know, some other teams that you may have talked to, is there anyone that you've been talking to that you've maybe, you know, talked to a little bit more than you imagine and, and feel like, hey, this may be a team that, that calls me on draft day? Uh, I don't want to get too specific, but uh, <laughs> there's a couple of teams on the NFC side of the, uh, the NFL that they're reaching out and been in good contact with. I uh, have some good connections over there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I got a good vibe from almost everybody I talked to, but you never know. And I'm just hoping to hear my name called or just get that call whenever it is, whether that's after the draft or during. Just know that I'm headed somewhere. If I'm a head coach or I'm a, uh, I'm a GM and I'm on the phone with you right now and I'm asking you, what can you bring to my team? How can you make my team better? What would you tell me? A competitive guy who knows the game, loves talking the game, a communicator um, who's always going to push himself and his teammates to be better, um, whether that's on the field or not. Um, my intelligence is something that I like to share. I like to help my teammates out, put them in the best position, and you're going to get a person that knows what he's doing, always on time and early. And someone that's going to work hard and do his best to succeed and help the team win. Your leadership skills. I mean, you played in a, in a COVID year in 2020. You know, you're, you're a senior. Uh, you know, you, you said that you were quiet, but at the same time, uh, you know, just kind of lead by example. Uh, how, how did you feel that your team did? How did you feel that you coped with everything that was going on in 2020 with such a weird, strange, everything up in the air type season? Right. So I want to... Um I want to say that we had a decent year. I didn't like how we lost that many games. I felt like we should have won every game we played. That's just me as a personal competitor. Right. But um, I was proud of our team because we had zero positive COVID tests during the whole season. Wow. That's just a testament of guys to buying in, you know, staying in the house when, you know, you're on a college campus. You know, when the kids are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, it's hard for them to avoid going to parties mm-hmm. or avoid seeing other people because it's happening outside of the, the sports community. But, you know, you got to just stay loyal to this team and, you know, just believe in finishing the season and staying healthy and not affecting the whole team by getting COVID and make everybody get contact trace. So our teammate bought in and I feel like the leadership in that group, that senior group and the upperclassmen that were SSU just did a great job. And um, it was just an honor to be a part of that season and, you know, just finish my career out there. Yeah, you know, that's 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 amazing, man. No, no, uh, you know, no positive COVID test. Is that something that you guys in the locker room got together and said, hey, guys, we have to get this done? Was that something that was stressed to by the coaches or was that kind of a combination of the two? I was the coach and the players, but the players, um, they just bought in. Right. Honestly, uh, we didn't have any games canceled on our end. We only had one game canceled, which is Fresno State. But our coach did a great job of getting us the Colorado game, man. Even though it was on short notice, uh, I felt like we went out there and compete. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get the job done, but we were ready to compete, and I feel like we competed, and we showed it, we showed the world that we compete with anybody, and it don't matter if it's one day, two days, or whatever. Um, we're ready to compete and give us our best. Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, Tariq, this this has been great, man. I, I really do appreciate your time. Uh, what do you plan? What's the plans for uh, for the draft? You know, are you going to be at your family's house? Do you do you know where you're going to be yet? What what's kind of the setup as you prepare and wait for your name to be called? I'm at my aunt's house, you know, uh, 
trying not to be too anxious about it just because, you know, I've been watching the draft since I was little. Right. Just just one day, Dream to get my name called. So um, I'm just excited to watch it. Uh, probably just going to chill with the family, get some food and, you know, just try to stay at the house and, you know, relax and enjoy the moment. Yeah, exactly, man. Really, I mean, if you could do anything, enjoy the moment, try to relax. I know it's got to be, you know, nerve-wracking. You're waiting to hear your name, and you you know how the draft goes. You've been watching it for years, like you mentioned, so I'm sure you're going to have those anxious moments. But, man, uh, we really do wish you all the best, and, uh, you know, I hope you, you uh, you know, get your name called when you want it called, where you want it called, and if it happens to end up where you end up in Vegas and, and, and you're at that back end of that defense, man, go make some plays, man. We'll be rooting for you. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. So there he goes. Tariq Thompson right there. Safety out of San Diego State. Really cool dude. He was fun to talk to. And uh, it's going to be one of those things, man. He's got to sit around and kind of wait and see what happens. And he's not a Thursday guy. He could potentially be a Friday guy, maybe a Saturday guy. He even, you know, mentioned that he could go undrafted. But either way, he's just waiting for that opportunity. Cannot wait to get his chance to be in the NFL and show what he can do. And I'll tell you, man, he can go up there and he can make plays. There's one thing about it, man. He is used to creating turnovers. He's able to get his hands on the ball and take it the other way that is definitely something that the Raiders need on the back end so maybe he's a guy that they don't even draft maybe he's a guy that they invite to camp or, or whatever and he's able to get a shot but uh, I would definitely take a shot with a guy that has a uh, ball hawking skills like Tariq does so hopefully you enjoyed that conversation coming up in segment number three your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 I got to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast before we get to that and the first one is betonline.ag they are the fastest and easy way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, of course, is in full swing. You can track all the action at betonline.ag. This week, of course, the NFL draft is tonight. The Kentucky Derby is back this weekend. It's the first leg of the Triple Crown. And you can get all your latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA action, and more at betonline.ag. So before the next pitch, head over to the website, betonline.ag, on your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for the bonuses and contest information. Get off the sidelines, man. It's your chance to get into the game as your team preps for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website one more time. Use the mobile device. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I also want to tell you about rockauto.com. And the reason I want to tell you about them is, well, I've been telling you about them for a long time, but they're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they have everything. Engine parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, they got it. Doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver, everything you need is a few easy clicks away delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique. It's super easy to navigate. You can quickly check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are always super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So there's no reason to spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to RockAuto.com right now. Check out the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Right, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that we sent you. Great selection, super low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is from Rock auto.com segment number three it's coming up next your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Going to try to get as many in as possible and then clear the deck and then prepare for the aftermath of the draft. So uh, here we go. Let's start things off. Jordan from Oregon. He's up first calling to talk about a scenario that happened at his job and the 49er pickups about Arden Key and Mo Hurst. Here he is, Jordan from Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan, Oregon. Just wanted to hit you up, man. Call in. I had a pretty funny scenario today. I uh, just had to share doing a uh, job for a guy. I'm in the landscape construction. And uh, throughout the day today, the guy ends up kind of being pain in the butt, I guess you could say. Tough job to deal with. And, of course, end up finding out he's a diehard Niner fan and he uh, was the one to let me know about now uh, between Key and now Hurst at both time with the Niners, and he's going, man, we're gonna those guys are gonna turn out to be something special. You guys can't develop guys, and you know it really got me thinking just talking with him about ball today and just kind of where the Raiders are at, and you know I'm trying to tell him the the, the good things about the team, and he's you know kind of looking at like Raiders have been a laughing stock. And, Pretty arrogant about it, to be honest, but they have just football conversation with the guy. He knew his stuff, and, you know, he's looking at the Raiders like, you know, they just haven't done anything. I'm telling them about guys that are coming up that I'm excited about, and some of the first-rounders. And, man, it just really got me thinking <laughs> during this conversation. Like, this year is, uh, to me, it, it's a make-or-break year for this for this regime. And, and with, with this plan, like I know Vic wrote an article, like Gruden's had multiple plans, A, B, C, and just kind of toss it. And there's some truth to that, but I feel like they're at the same time, there's always been like a big plan behind it all. Like his offense is going to be the way he envisioned it to be before he came back to coaching. I think he stays true to that. And we kind of know what to expect with that. And, and if the defense makes some jumps this year, you know, a lot of people might see him win 10, 11 games and go, wow, like this is actually working out. But man, this, this year coming up, I, it's just got me thinking, like, if they were to ever take a step back, like we've been taking tiny step forward, you know, another, another win we got to have this year from seven wins, eight wins. But like, if we were ever to like take a step back, like win six or seven games, like, I just, I don't know, man. I would, I would then start to wonder, is this like, I, I would have a hard time having hope and I would wonder, is this going to be when like, if they would just blow it up and go like, we're just going to do something completely different, whether that's with Gruden or not, or whether they just say like, Hey, we're going to, we're just going to, you know, new coach, new everything, new quarterback, just trade off everybody. Like, I just wonder how, how far away that point is. Cause like, I think we're at that point to start actually thinking about that, like the wood is. But anyway, Q, just thought I had, man. Have a great weekend, bro. There he goes. That's Jordan in Oregon. And, yeah, man, it, it does feel like it's a make or break for the team, but not necessarily for Gruden. I mean, he, he, in my opinion, can coach as long as he wants. But, you know, it really needs to be a year that the Raiders find a way to get to the playoffs. I know I said that last year, but, man, I'm telling you, they've really got to find a way. I mean, J- John Gruden – four years in, into the return of him coaching on the sidelines and, and they don't make the playoffs, man, then there's a there's a lot to be questioned. There's a lot of questions that are going to be asked. But, again, I think that he is always going to be able to coach as long as he wants to. Um, I mean, he's got 17 games to get it done this year. So there you go. Uh, Jordan, I appreciate the call. 
Next up is a text from Andrew DeRada. It says, thank you. Been really enjoying the conversations lately. Appreciate all the hard work. Just wanted to put a guy maybe a little bit higher up on your radar. Josh Palmer, wide receiver out of Tennessee with pick 79 and 80. I'd almost definitely love for the Raiders to use one of those on this guy. He's a bit undervalued due to a small amount of production, but I confidently believe his situation played the biggest factor in that. At the Senior Bowl, when he was finally able to have some capable quarterback play, he was killing everybody who tried to cover him and really showed off his size and ability to win downfield. He's a savvy route runner, especially for a 6'2 guy, and even has tape where he's beating guys like Patrick Sertain down the field. Ran his 40-yard dash in the low 4.5s. I want to say it was a 4.52. I just think this guy would be a perfect pick for a team that has back-to-back third-round selections. I know that defense needs a lot of help, but we can't overvalue our wide receiver depth either. John Brown isn't getting any younger, and Brian Edward hasn't shown any sign and Brian Edwards hasn't shown much signs of being able to stay healthy. Still got to invest on that side of the ball. Thanks, Q. It's from Andrew the Raider. And yeah, no, you're right about that. I think Josh Palmer's a heck of a player. I think that he would be a steal if the Raiders were able to get him. Matter of fact, uh, when I did my one and only pro football focus mock draft, I actually got him at pick 162, and I got an A- minus for that grade. But yeah, that dude could play. He absolutely could flat out play. I would love to see him rocking the silver and black. I think he's a guy that have an opportunity to really make the team. He could probably fight it out in training camp and find him a little spot on the roster. So yeah, Andrew DeRaider, you're definitely onto something there. Thank you so much for that text. Next up, got a call, interesting call from Raider Dot. He's calling to talk about my interview I did with Vinny Bonson you're on Raider Nation Radio when it comes to Julio Jones and brings up a player that he really thinks I was cutting for. Uh, yeah, he's, he's really coming after me on this call. Here he is, Raider Dot. What's going on, Q? is Raider Dot. I'm going to do something I never thought I would do, but Q, I'm about to call you out, brother. I'm about to call you out. I'm listening to the interview on today's episode. You have a guy with old boiling and y'all talking about Julio. You, he just proved to you that Julio really is injury prone. He's he's averaged at least fifteen games a year. Last year was a bad year, but I find it hella funny or just hilarious. Excuse my language. You don't want to have the Derek Carr conversation because it is what it is, but. The argument you used with Julio was, what have you done for me lately? And you going back to last year. But what has Carr done for us lately? Not a thing. Nothing. His ceiling has already been hit. He's just floating steady along. Julio would open up our entire offense. And I do understand Waller is wide receiver number one. But that will be until number 11 gets on the field. Darren Waller is nowhere near the type of player of Julio, Darren Waller don't see triple teams like Julio. Darren Waller is a dog, and I'm not even trying to even go there, but Darren Waller is number one wide receiver one right now. If Julio comes on the team, he'll be wide receiver number one, and he'll help groom the other receivers. But I find it funny how you initially brought up his age, and he doesn't play, but then when he broke down the two that when he threw the numbers at you, that he has really played except for last year, then you want to just go back to the, oh, what have you done for me lately? I think it's safe to say, I think it's evident why you and me and other people that know our stuff aren't GMs because we don't think things thoroughly all the time. We have close feelings to certain players and situations, but come on now. If you're going with the what has you done for me lately, Trent Brown, come on now. You wanted us to keep him. Um, 
what has he done for us lately? You see what I'm saying? Like it's 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 kind of when you wonder, like when you got favoritism towards a guy, I kind of see a little, eh. But hey, you know, we're human. But Trent Brown, that was the main example. Trent Brown, what have you done for us lately? Um. Yeah, but I just thought I'd call because I'm like, are you serious? Is this even a question? Yeah, if we don't ship off a second in the fourth or a second in the fifth duel, we got to do it, but we got to get Julio to Vegas. There he goes, Raider Dot right there, wants Julio in Vegas. And first of all, before we get started, I appreciate the call, no doubt about it. No matter what you say, if you come at me or whatever, I always appreciate the call and the feedback. Second of all, my man, you never, ever, ever heard me say that I wanted the Raiders to keep Trent Brown. Never. As a matter of fact, going back to the regular season, I said he was going to be gone. I was saying that for a very long time. I did a podcast talking about you got to hold him accountable. Matter of fact, I got blocked by Trent Brown after that. Uh, No, I definitely never said that. I said the team is better when he's out there. The offensive line is better when he's out there, but I said he was never available. His availability was terrible, and I said the best player, the best ability is availability. I say it all the time, so I don't know who you're listening to, but you never heard me say, I wanted the Raiders to hold on to Trent Brown. Never, ever, ever. That's that's one thing, so I don't mind you coming at me, but you got to get the facts right. And third, when it comes to Julio, I still say no to Julio if the compensation is high, and that's, again, that's what I was talking about with Vinny. Atlanta's asking for a one, which in my eyes would be dumb. He's 32 years old and played in nine games last season, and every year it feels like he's asking for more money. So that's a negative. But, again, I mean, Vinny started rattling off the stats, and and I know that he's been 15, 16, 14 games. That's fine. But last season he had nine. He's 32. I don't know if that was a fluke season or if that's going to be the same thing. But are you willing to give up high draft capital all of a sudden for a guy that you're not sure if he's going to stay healthy? I'm not. He's owed $38 million over the next three years. Now, when Vinny started hinting at that he'd be a third-round pick or later, again, if it's high draft capital, then no. Not not at all. I'm not interested in him. I think you can go get a young dude. We were just talking about Josh Palmer. You can go get a young dude and, and hope that you can get a guy that obviously is not as talented as Julio Jones. I mean, you're not going to get guys that are as talented as Julio Jones just dropping off of trees every day. But get a guy that is serviceable, can fit in with your offense, and be a big-time playmaker. So, I mean, that's, that's what the hope is. But again, I'm not interested in getting giving up a lot of high draft capital for a guy 32 years old with uh, $38 million still owed to him in uh, the next three seasons. I mean, now, if, are you? If you are, that's on you. I just am not. So, I mean, I, I, mean, I guess if, you, if that's you calling me out, that's fine. But that's, that's the reason for it right there. So, I uh, definitely appreciate the call, my man. Next up, I got a text from Raider Big H from Melbourne, Australia. Kind of a lengthy text. He says, hey, Q, Raider Big H, 3046 Melbourne, Australia. I've been a sponge and absorbing everything going on with the draft. There is a dude out there which is a once-in-a-generational player, and the Raiders have a good chance on claiming this guy. And all I hear is, oh, the red flags are out on him, and he might be sliding. The Raiders would have rocks in their heads not to get this guy. Micah Parsons is a weapon and would be a great acquisition to the Raiders lineup. Over the years, the Raiders have been playing it safe and not trading up. It's about time the Raiders pull their fingers out and get this guy. So what if they give up a first and a second pick next season? The Seahawks don't have a first pick until 2024, and they've been doing well with their lineups. As long as Micah stays healthy and can do the job, that's all that matters. I don't see an issue with his red flags on dumping water onto one of his teammates and inciting a riot at school. These uni campuses seem to blow things out of proportion. The kid's young, and we all do silly things when we are young. The Raiders were known to take on players in the past with problems as long as they could play to their best ability. That's all that mattered to Al Davis. 
You have systems in place to mentor and point Micah in the right direction. That's what's made the Raiders so unique. I believe this kid is truly a game changer. Just hope the Raiders can see through the smoke and mirrors. Keep up the awesome work, Q. Go Raiders. That's from Raider Big H3046. And thank you for the text, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, I think the red flags, the character issues, you have to talk about. You can't just, like, close your eyes and say, oh, they're not there. They're not really there. Because then if it comes back to bite you in the butt, you can't say, well, I didn't know. Character flags are there. The, the red flags are there. Now, I think there was a lot more that was going on than him dumping water on his friends and, uh, you know, inciting a riot at school. I mean, it was it was more than that. There was more stuff than that going on as far as the reports that are out there. So, again, it's what you believe and it's what you feel comfortable with taking. If the Raiders feel comfortable with taking him, great. I think he's a difference maker as well. Matter of fact, I think I probably would take a chance on him just because he is a difference maker, and the Raiders need to have a guy with a little bit of edge to him. But they have to feel confident that their locker room is strong enough to maintain and not get out of control and get out of whack with a dude like that in the locker room. You know, I mean, he could be a great player, but then again, Reuben Foster was a great player in college and he ended up basically washing out in the league because he had too many issues. Now I'm not saying that Micah Parsons issues are woman related and domestic violence related. Cause they're not, I don't want to put him in that same category, but I mean, it is what it is. Rolando McClain. Remember he was a stud linebacker at Alabama, got to the league. The Raiders drafted him. Wasn't that good. Went to the Cowboys. Couldn't stay out of trouble. Every time he went to Alabama, got in trouble. I mean, there's just certain things that you can't deny are there. You just can't close your eyes and be like, well, as long as he can play on Sunday, it's fine. It's not that type of league anymore. It's just, it's not. You know, guys get suspended. Guys aren't available. I mean, there's a lot of things to consider. I totally know what you're saying, though. And he's a heck of a player. And if he drops to 17, the Raiders are going to have a question on their hands. Are they going to go get that dude or are they going to play it safe? I went with Christian Derisaw because I started thinking like the Raiders, or I thought I was thinking like the Raiders, and I played it safe. That probably was the wrong call. But, I mean, it's, again, it's a question that they've got to answer and they've got to feel comfortable with that pick. So that's going to be interesting, and we should find out what happens tonight. And none of this even matters if Michael Parsons doesn't drop. So that's going to have to be the first thing that happens. Parsons will have to drop, so we'll see what happens. Thank you for that text, though. Up next, got a call from T3 Raider Facts calling in with his five quick hits of the day, talking all things NFL draft. Here he goes, T3 Raider Facts. This is T3 Raider Facts with my five quick hits of the day right on the doorstep of the 2021 NFL draft. Number one, time for me to make my final plea to Mayock and Gruden. With all the talk of quarterbacks, Patrick Sertain will most likely be within reach at pick number 10 via a trade with the Cowboys. If that can happen, I think it would be the definitive move of the draft defensively for the Raiders. And Q, there's your alpha dog. And do you remember what happened with Corey Littleton in Los Angeles when he had a real lockdown presence behind him? Well, I'll just leave it right there. Number two, if the certain deal doesn't happen, I'm totally on board with Mo Moten. I think Tevin Jenkins is the pick at number 17. Tristan Wirfs was the fourth offensive tackle selected by the Bucks last year, and he did pretty well. Jenkins is a big, strong, plug-and-play guy, and I believe he will be able to handle himself just fine as a rookie. He may not be the most athletic tackle in the draft, but he is strong. Tevin Jenkins has Raider written all over him. Number three, do not trade back. You may trade up, but if you trade back, you may lose out on one of those top tackles. So if tackle is the direction you want to go, don't play around. Just pull the trigger. Now, if you want to play around with the picks in rounds two through six, be my guest. Number four, I'm not going to make a prediction for the round two pick, and here's why. Number one, you don't know exactly how the board is going to fall, and you want to be able to assess both the offensive line and safety pool. And number two, by the end of the day, Thursday, I'm going to have my choice ready to go anyway, so we'll have to wait. Number five, in the midst of all the draft frenzy, the Raiders went and signed a tight end. I will forever hereafter refer to this move as the Paul Butler signing. Every year, the Raiders bring in a guy who's going to get a few reps in a silver helmet and then be simply a moment in time. So why not let it be a basketball player? 
All right, Raider Nation, I'm getting my popcorn ready. I'll be yelling at the TV just like everyone else in Raider Nation. There I said it, Raider Nation. Did you hear that, Pittsburgh? Passion, baby. It always outlives fashion. There he goes. That's T3 Raider Facts talking about Patrick Sertain, maybe trade up with the Cowboys. And I'll say right now, that would be awesome. I would be all for that. You know, Raider Big H3046 was talking about trading up and going to get maybe Micah Parsons. If I'm trading up and on the Raiders, I'm going to get Patrick Sertain. That is DB1 in my book. That would be, hey, man, I'll tell you right now, I would do it. I would dance a jig, man. If, they, if, if, if tonight, at some point, the Cowboys, not the Cowboys, the Raiders trade up and decide to go get Patrick Sertain, you'll see me, I, I'll, I'll film a video of me doing a dance. I don't know what kind of dance it would be because I usually stand in the back of the club and just lean back. Actually, I ain't even in the club no more, man. I'm 44 years old. I ain't in the club. I'm at the day bar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm at the bar during the day having some drinks, and as soon as the kids start rolling in, it's like, all right, wife, let's roll. It's about to get ratchet up in here. Now, we're at the day bar. So, anyway, I'm in the back of the at the day bar chilling. But I'll dance. I'll dance and do a video. I'll make the wife uh, take a video of it, and we'll put it out on, on Twitter. If they find a way to trade up and go get Patrick Sertan, I'm all for it. Absolutely. That's, yeah, 100%. Uh, you also talked about Tevin Jenkins. Yeah, he's a natural right tackle. He might be the guy. He's got a little bit of mean streak to him, so that might be a guy that Tom Cable prefers. Not sure. I'm not 100% sold on him just because he went to Oklahoma State, and I know that there wasn't a ton of great pass rushers in the Big 12. That's my only thing. That's the only thing I'm looking at. But, again, that's just me from covering the Big 12. So that's it, Raider Nation. That's all I got for you. It's draft day. It's going down in a matter of hours. Might be a matter of minutes, depending on when you're listening to this. But, uh, yeah, it is going down today. The first round, of course, we'll be back tomorrow talking all things first round. We'll be having more calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. News and notes, yeah, we'll have that as well. So who knows what might happen. Hell, by the end of the day today, Julio Jones might be a Raider. They may have a new uh, linebacker. They may have a new offensive tackle. They may have a new safety. Uh, I mean, there could be all kind of things that we're talking about on tomorrow's show. But that's what we'll be doing tomorrow. So until then, Raider Nation, make sure you stay safe, take care of your family, and as always, just win, baby.